morrow, goddamn good evening, well met friends. Welcome back to That Is The Question. I'm your host, James Reitmeyer Jr., and we have the most megalomaniacal monarch episode here for you today. On my left, our first guest is the terrifying tyrant, Brian Gillespie. Mmm, I'm so terrifying. I <laughs> got him. Got him. And then, of course, it's David Angelaws, our beautiful butterfly. Ah, I'm scared. <laughs> That's right. And we have a great episode for you today. This one's something you might not know much about. This is, of course, our episode all about Henry VIII. People know about Henry VIII, though, because he's got that hot TV show. Oh, what hot TV show is that? The Tudors? The Two Doors. People know a lot about Henry VIII. Yeah. People know, well, I sure don't. Well, do they know about Shakespeare's Henry VIII? No. no. That, that, is, that is a negative. That is the question, uh, and we're about to find out the answer. Uh, so, name, Brian, what do you know about Henry VIII? Name, Just out of curiosity. Name check. Uh, he was a uh, serial monogamist. <laughs> um, actually, that, that might actually be the most appropriate use of that. Right? It, serial it, monogamist. In, in, in many ways, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and there's... Uh, my often confused image of him is similar to like the big fat bearded guy He's on a, big a barrel. Boy. Yeah. Yes. Well, so that's the that's the that's the common conception. Was he not? He had that. He was. He had that big armor. I've seen it at the museum. He has that big armor. His pumpkin pants were puffy. Uh, but can I plod my peas on you, this I mean, mic? You sure can. You can. <laughs> but um, he also was described very often when he was younger as very slim and athletic. He was a famous jouster. He's he, also uh, a famous. Ginger. And a famous ginger, a ginger jouster. And a famous uh, Jeffrey. Little <laughs> <laughs> right. fact. All right, well, <laughs> let's do the first trivia question today. It's an easy one. Okay. This is the first one. It's can, an can easy Can you remind one. me of the rules? Uh, answer questions, and I'll give you points. Great. That, those are the rules. Yep. Those are the rules. And of don't be mean to me. <laughs> and don't be mean. I would never be mean. Today. I'd be mean to James, but not to you. Here cool. is the question. What's the plot? Henry VIII. The play? Yeah, the play. What's the plot? He wants... Dang. (laughs) I mean... uh... Describe any plot points in Henry VIII, and I will probably give you a point. All right. Divorce Catherine and marry Anne Boleyn. That's good. That's good. I'll take that. I was just going to say there's conflict. There's conflict. Yes, there's a conflict. No, No, there's a good portion of it that is about... It is about his divorce from his previous wife, Catherine. Is there a war going on? No. Oh. There's no war. It's one of the very... Domestic war. Yes, there's an internal... It's It's internal conflict, right? It's it's spousal. Yeah. Um, The war of the spouses. That's right. Do you know... Do you remember anything else about it? I do. David, do you? Uh, Obviously. I'm bursting. The the fall of of Cardinal Wolsey. Yes. So that's the other sort of main plot. So what? It's the it's the villain Cardinal Wolsey, who is uh, often played spoken by about. Tim Curry. Yeah, it would be played by Tim Curry for sure. It's often um, described as the juiciest part in the play. Uh, it's the play that John Gielgud played. Or the part that John Gielgud played when he was in it, and other famous actors have claimed that role rather than claiming Henry VIII. It's also been described as the wooliest part. Wooliest, <laughs> one of the wooliest parts. A in big bushy beard. Arsenal. Uh, that's right, and so and it's so about his his machinations and then downfall. Cool. So oh, he machinates. He machinates and then and then fails and then falls um, down. And, yes, and then he gets supplanted by the his the chamberlain, the next 
uh, Archbishop Cremnel, but also when Anne Boleyn is married, it describes sort of the switch from Catholicism to Protestantism, which cool. was the sort of big thing that Henry VIII did for England. Hmm. So, there you go. So that's a point for Brian that for knowing anything about the plot <laughs> of King Henry VIII. Uh, yes. I read, interesting. I read Wolf Hall. Yeah, there you go. That's, all, <laughs> that's really what you need. All right, what's the subtitle of this play? Henry VIII, or what you will. Too eight, too furious. <laughs> no, that's not it. So this is also a trick question that I was hoping someone would follow. There isn't one. There is Dang a it. subtitle. But actually, they think that the subtitle, the, what we know as the subtitle of King Henry VIII, was actually the title. Oh. So I would have accepted Henry VIII oh. as the subtitle, which you almost got. Um, but it's the, the subtitle that we now call it is All is True. I was close. All is true. All is Henry true. VIII. But they were they think many scholars think that all is true is actually the title of the play. That's the only title that people knew about it in Elizabethan times. And then we've since added Henry VIII because it fits with the history with the history titles. Well and because all is not true. Well, that's true. So. None of it is true. In fact, do you know anything? What what did Shakespeare leave out very famously? I mean there's very many things. What happens at the end, by the way? We didn't get to this in the plot. This is a very important thing to understand. Do you remember what happens at the end? Somebody in a cruel gets twist of born. fate, he gets his own head cut off. Someone gets <laughs> <laughs> he accidentally chops off his own. Head. Uh-huh. No, someone gets born. He signs his name on the wrong line it's, on the execution no, form. No, well, it, Elizabeth. That's right? it. Because yes. that's that's the yes, that's the that's next the one. Too. Well, and that that would be yes. like a happy ending in his time exactly it's happy ending queen elizabeth gets born it's her it's her christening and the new cardinal cremnell who uh archbishop Crem cromnell i think his name no not cromwell cram nuts he pronounces that her reign will be long and prosperous and happy uh wrong wrong patron there shakespeare should have should have written that play a little earlier yeah that's true that's well, true, but weren't you know, they weren't they prohibited from? Wasn't there like a ban? You couldn't write oh. about you couldn't write about history that happened like within a certain amount of within time. a certain amount of time. So they had to wait until she was dead. Well, for actually, a while, right? I did write that before. I'm going to skip ahead to another trivia because how was Henry VIII disastrous for theater? Because uh, it was bad. Oh, well, I know. You know I know. I know this I one because the cannon went off I'll and it burned down the theater. That's it. That's it. The cannon went off. You didn't let me. I said it faster. No, that's fine. There's like, <laughs> yeah, like a little blurb somewhere that yes. someone wrote about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And yeah, I'm going to read that blurb now because it's very funny. Uh, it goes like this. Um, certain chambers, that means a cannon, chambers being shot off at his entry, some of the paper or other stuff wherewith one of them was <laughs> stopped stuff. did light on the thatch where being thought at first but idle smoke and their eyes more attentive to the show, it kindled inwardly and ran around like a train consuming within less than an hour the whole house to the ground. That's wild. Excuse me. Uh, There's another bit of this story that is excellent, which is only one man had his breeches set on fire that would perhaps have broiled him if he had not, by the benefit of a provident wit, put it out with a bottle of ale. That man was William Shakespeare. <laughs> That's right. He put it out with a bottle of ale. Says, liar, liar, pants on fire. And so, yes, absolutely. Henry VIII was disastrous because they used they were using a cannon as a sound effect. And it lit the globe on fire and burnt it to the ground. I mean, what else would you use? Oops. Some guy off stage going, boom. Boom. Yeah, exactly. Cannon. It would have been better off. Now. 
All right. Would have taken from the play. Well, that brings us to the next one, which is how was Henry VIII disastrous for some patrons? Aside from the fire. Aside from that guy uh, getting his pants aside on from fire? fire? Yeah. Well, there's another, there's a specific patron who watched it years later, and this was, it was an, an ill omen. This is gonna be wrong. Go on. Go on. Was it? Was it one of the? Was it one of the? Who was the? Who was the king that got deposed by? Was it James the Second or something? I, I don't Remember know. The but English it's, Civil it War wasn't him. That's not it. <laughs> but that's a great guess. I mean, it's sort of that's close. Did somebody get scared. Um, so, fifteen years to the day after the fire. Oh. On the 29th of June, sixteen twenty-eight. The king's men performed the play again at the Globe. The performance was witnessed by George Villiers, the contemporary Duke of Buckingham. So there's a Duke of Buckingham that's in the play that's executed. He left halfway through, and a month later, he was assassinated. So there you go. This is ill omen. The Duke of Buckingham watched this play. By someone who saw the play and were like, like, what a good idea. And the man who assassinated him was William Shakespeare. (laughs) Very good. Yes, of course, William Shakespeare. Excellent. Very good. All right, here's another general trivia question. What's the Spedding Hoy division? Excuse me? Spedding Hoy division? Can you spell that? S P E D D I N G Mm -hmm. dash H O Y. Division. I'll give you a hint. Oh. Spedding and Hoy are names of people. They gave their name to this thing. The Spedding Hoy Division. The worst eighties synth pop band. <laughs> it was a section where you could sit in the theater. That's a good idea. And see only the back. It's not. I'll give you another hint. Is Spedding a, and Hoy are. Is it a military? They're thing? critical analysis. They have something to do with critical analysis of the play. Oh, okay, okay. All right, I'm going to take a, sh- a cannon shot. Oh, that's scary. Don't do that unless you've, unless you've thoroughly... Uh, I've got, a, I've got ale. I've got oh, ale good. in my I've got hands. got ale around. From my pumpkin pants. Mm-hmm. Um, does it have something to do about questions of who authored which parts of it the play? It does, oh. in fact, exactly have to do that. Well I'll done. give you a point well for that. Who is the other author? Oh, I know this. Do you know it? Do you want a point? Uh, Fleming? Fletcher? It's John Fletcher. That's right. It's John Fletcher. So, the Spedding Hoy division is the division of scenes that they think who wrote what. Is this another one of those that was only like, they think it was only like 40% Shakespeare or something? This is actually less than that. I I, hate that. As far as I can tell. It doesn't count. Let's see. That's not enough. Shakespeare just breezed in and was like... Call Henry the Eighth. Doff the hat. Well, he was like, if you give me 10%, you can put my name on on the title. Yeah, I guess. Right. Um, so this this is the division. Shakespeare wrote Act One, Scenes One and Two. Act Two, Scenes Three and Four. Act Three, Scene Two, Lines One through Twenty or Two or Three. <laughs> uh, Act Five, Scene One, and the rest of it was written by Fletcher. And uh, is Henry the Eighth a particularly long play? Because that sounds like a lot of material. No, it's not. That. It, it sounded like more than it was. Okay. Um, it's just you know a few scenes, and and don't they they put this well obviously since it's after Elizabeth's death, but it's like late in the canon, right? Was he like oh, semi-retired yeah. and oh, just yeah. sort of coming back to punch it up a little bit? Uh, maybe I have no idea. I have no idea what he did. I mean, he collaborated mostly. It wasn't the there. His, yeah, I collaborated mostly at the end of his his um, work. Yeah, and the way that they analyzed this is by I think it's they said by number 
of 11 syllable lines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There are textual things that are consistent with the rest of John Fletcher's work and the rest of Shakespeare's work in those Shakespeare's times. work went to 11. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Always. They went up to 11. Absolutely right. Okay. To be or so not to be. 11, 11, 11. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the end of the general trivia. The Spedding Hoy division is the division of which parts were written by Shakespeare and which were written by John Fletcher. I'm not doing so well. That's for, that's okay. You're doing okay. What you know it? what? Brian's sitting there with a nice, comfortable three points. David's got one point. Nice. No, there's, does it have two? Uh, he got the Fletcher, right? No, we didn't get the No, I was, I was You got the Spedding Hoy Fletcher. Division. That was the question. <laughs> that's still a pretty good band name, I would say. Yeah. Spedding Hoy Division? Yeah. yeah. Well, you did say it was the worst Shakespeare no, band, 80 cent band. So. Well, opinions vary. You can't, and you can't prove that. Mileage may vary. Um, all right, so great. That brings us to the next section of the podcast. It's Unsung, unsung heroes. heroes. That's right, of course. And I found I managed to find one Unsung Hero cool. for this, which is amazing because I can't believe it. This actor connects Star Wars, huh. Indiana Jones, <gasps> and Henry VIII. Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Man, I know John Reese Davies wasn't in Star Wars, Henry but I wish he had been. So Indiana been. Jones. You never know. He could run a because he had a great Henry VIII too. Star Wars. Still, I guess. Wait. Now, when you say Star Wars, are we talking Star Wars, Star Wars, or are we talking Star Wars? Well, <laughs> I'm talking Star Wars, Star Wars, like the real Star Wars, or well, the real. St- well, if I he was an unsung hero, hero. <laughs> the real Star Wars. If they were an unsung hero, then they would have been doing this before Star Wars and. Indiana Jones, right? In theory, as as many unsung to be heroes a true unsung in the hero. past have been. Um, so somebody this who was an unsung hero upstart was not a young upstart when they Damn did it. this, mm. but they're relatively unsung. Who's in all three of those? Or both of those? It's not. He's. It's not a large. Character. Yeah, it can't be a main. A main. A mainstay. Uh, <laughs> yes, this one's for the this one's for the the Lucas nerds out there. Yeah, yeah, but I'm. That, yeah, there's, I there's, one one of those. there's one over yeah. there, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, this yeah, is a good one, one too. He was still um, around and acting relatively recently. He was the reason I recognize his name is because he was. I I there's a little uh, shout out to people at home. I worked in London mm-hmm. as the usher. For Theatre Royal Jury Lane. And I saw the show Oliver at least 200 times. And this gentleman also was in that production of Oliver as the old kindly gentleman. This would have been in the early 2000s. Early 2000s. It was 2010. The mid 2000s. Uh, Ian McDermott. 500. It's not Ian McDermott. Uh, I think it's a similar, it's not quite uh, as household name, but it's pretty close. I don't know. Who is it? Tell us. Julian Glover. Do you know who? Is he related really to General Veers. <laughs> and he's, uh, I can't remember who he's in Indiana Jones, but he's, no, he's now, a bad guy, one of the main see, bad now guys. now that you say General Veers, I have a, I have a face I'm to go with him. Yes. Uh, J- Julian Glover, who's a mainstay. Oh. He looks like Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. But, um, yes, he played uh, Buckingham in... A TV movie. Yeah, he's Walter. He's Walter Donovan. He's nineteen seventy nine. He's the this guy. No, nothing. No, <laughs> that's some James Bond stuff. Oh yeah, he was also in James Bond. He's in For Your Eyes Only. He was oh. in the Avengers in nineteen sixty one. He's he's one of those that guys. He's a that guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Great actor. Fantastic. Yeah. There was excellent in all. Of oh movies. no! There he is. Yeah. yeah. He's, one of the, he's, he's, he's he's got his face. He's melted. one of the baddies. Yes. Not so. <laughs> That's right. So Julian Glover, an unsung hero, not so unsung because it was 1979 cool. when he was in. But there you go. All right. So no points for that one. That brings us to complete the verse. Yeah. And I have to say, I have tried. I have tried to pick complete the verses that you don't have to know. <laughs> so we'll see if we can get there. Are you ready? On. He's the defender of the faith. Yeah, Ladies exactly. and gentlemen, Henry the... <laughs> well, shoot. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Heat not a blank for your foe so hot that it do blank yourself. Heat not a... Fire burn? No, neither of those. Iron? Nope. Uh, what else gets hot? The sun. No, well, that's good. What else can you do? You heat up me. That Oven. Gets, no, close. Oven. Stove. Similar. No. Heat not a. It's not a, it's not a kitchen thing. Heat not a. Heat not a blank for your foe so hot. Cannon. That it do blank your. <laughs> that it do burn your theater <laughs> down. <laughs> Prophetic. Uh, no. Nope. All right. This one. Heat not a furnace uh, for your foe so hot that it do singe yourself. Right. Moving right along. I would not be a blank for all the world. Man. King. Close. Prince. Queen. Queen! That's it! Yeah. <laughs> of course, in Berlin. Uh, I would not be a queen for all the world, she says. And then smash cut to she is. And then right. smash cut to she's like, oh, well, I guess it's kind of world. nice. Yeah, <laughs> Record oh. scratch. How did we get here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Press not a blank blank. Too far. Red button. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not it. Press nope. not a, a something man. A oh, that's desperate man. It. Oh my god, it's not desperate man. I'm going to give you half a point for that. Give him, give him. A something man? Falling man. Falling press man. not a falling man too far. That's good. That's excellent. Especially if he's falling. Onto a red button. <laughs> they that are too blank and blank to hide offenses. Sorry, they are too blank and blank to hide offenses. Uh, rank. They are too. They are too loud and smelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got nothing. No. They are too thin and bare oh. to hide offenses. I guess cool. you hide offenses in your, in your pockets. bulky coat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Beneath your folds. Some come to take their blank and blank an act or two. Some come to take their stage time? and act a part or two? No, that's some, it's the opposite of that, actually. Some come to take their blank and blank an act or two. Watch an act or two. View an actor two. It's see a seat. And it's the opposite. Write an actor two. Direct an actor two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the opposite. Of watch? Yeah. Uh, blind. Speak? No? No? Here. No? Oh, so close. Some come to take their ease and sleep an act or two. Oh. And that, of course, brings us to the end no. of this very short episode. Wow. And you know no, what? No Herman's Hermits question? Three points, Brian Gillespie. Two and a half. The oh, two laws. Thus ends his... I was on a streak. roll. I won two, and then I got a tie, uh, and this now was, this was... I knew as soon as you walked in that door. We, we slogged through together. I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Through the muck and <laughs> mire. That's right. And you know what? That brings us to the end of this most obscure of our episodic endeavors. But tune in next week for another episode of That Is The Question, Shakespeare's favorite panel show. Until then, I'm your host, James Reitmeyer Jr. I'm David Andrew Laws. And I'm Brian Gillespie. 
Farewell, friends. Thus, podcast ends. Adieu. 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 Bless you.